0: house You know there's being scared to die, son, and knowing it's coming. When you know it's coming, tomorrow stops factoring into your decisions
1: because you know you're never going to see it. And then you... <laughs> then you live.
0: You realize you ain't dead, you're not going to die, and now you got to... Based all them decisions you made. And out of all that, you gotta figure out how to let yourself start living again.
1: This is Sheila. And welcome to episode two of season two's Yellowstone New Beginnings. How are you doing, Sheila? I'm doing good. How's things by you? Good. We're freezing in Texas. Oh, come on. It's It's really really... not that cold. (laughs)
0: Let's let's hear. I'm in New York, and today's a snow day. We have like six or eight inches of snow on the ground, and it's still kind of snowing a bit. So yeah, so tell me how it is in Texas <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like
1: dying And it's like, I don't know, it's 37 or For
0: the daytime high?
1: Oh, I don't know, it was 37 this morning And oh, it okay. was like frost in the ground And my kids, they just, didn't it's say so this? sad They're like, is that snow? I'm like, no it's Well, didn't just, you guys like, get snow
0: a, a couple of years ago? Like maybe two years ago, did you guys get a snowstorm?
1: It was probably more like Three or four, like they were little They do okay. remember it though Okay But it was, like, an inch. Like, you could still see the blades of grass. And (laughs) they were like, is that snow? Like, mm. No, it's just kind of like ice, but still, we were like dying. Like, it's so cold. I'll give it to you.
0: If it's 37, that's that's cold for a Texas boy.
1: Well, yeah, but it's warmer now, so. Yeah,
0: because didn't you say like the other week that it was like low in the morning? It was like 70 or yes. 80 the It was daytime.
1: 78. It was like 40-something in the morning and 78 in the afternoon. Yeah, you like, almost how had, does like
0: 40-degree temperatures <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in, in like a matter of six hours. It's like
1: no wonder we always have like head colds and allergies and stuff right. because it's like every year, it's like... A, wild swing yeah well it's winter in the morning and you know summer in (laughs) the afternoon
0: so (laughs) exactly the trees are freezing in the morning and budding
1: in the afternoon (laughs) exactly so today we're talking about episode two new beginnings yeah what did you think of this episode alright I'm gonna try to be nice
0: this one was really a struggle for me to get through and take notes. Um, I, I My process when I watch these for our recording is I usually just watch it once straight through because mm-hmm. it's been like now uh, what, like 18 months mm-hmm. it, since I watched this initially and I didn't really go back. And so for season three, I went back and watched like the last two or three episodes of right. season two. So this is really far in my memory. Like I have an idea of what happened but like to pick out what happened in a particular episode, I'm struggling. So I just watch it once straight through just to kind of like reacclimate my brain to it and then I'll watch it a second time and take notes well I couldn't wrap my brain around like this to take notes because uh, it was a long episode but at the end of it I was like What really happened here?
1: Mm -hmm. It was busy, a lot of action, I guess, especially with the bunkhouse boys and all that. But yeah, like at the end of the day, like not a lot happened. So,
0: but like in fairness, I think so. In in coming back to like, well, what actually happened in the episode? I will give the writing team credit and the production team credit that they did do a lot with the time this episode to deepen our understanding of some of these characters. And I'm going to look at Rip. In yeah. particular, he doesn't say much, like, ever. I so,
1: was <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um, like, so- how can he accomplish so much with so little dialogue? But he really does. But
0: he really does. And he's mm-hmm. very, you know, articulate with his body language and his facial expressions. But yes. he does have a couple things to say this episode. And so I, I will give them credit for taking the time to kind of richen our-, our our understanding of some of these characters. Um, yeah. And we did get a little bit about that with John and how he was interacting. He, he interacted mostly with Casey this episode. Yeah. So I will give the episode credit for that. But in terms of, like, the plot for this season... Uh, yeah, we're yeah. missing a lot, I think. We're, yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling where this is going yet. I'm not on the journey yet. Mm-hmm. But it was hard for me to... It was really hard for me to get, like, my notes together, my brain together about this. So, Because a lot of the things, too, that happened felt very disjointed. There, there were just, yeah. like, little story arcs within themselves. And then when I kind of came back to, like, the synopsis, I'm like, they really didn't have much to do with each other.
1: Like, I usually take notes throughout the episode just on details of, like, who said what or, or what happened. And then I try to like step back and say like okay well what's my question about this scene or what like why would that have happened and so I try to step back but it's like when I was like reading my notes I'm like okay so like what What else? I think we got some I think this Episode is completely Rip and Casey focused and don't know that we needed an entire episode for that storyline, but but it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Like, like Rip has had a day. Let's put yeah. it that way. He has had a day. Why don't we say that about him a lot though. Yeah. Like poor Rip has had a day.
0: Yep. He yep. needs a beer. Yeah, he needs a beer. He needs to put his feet up. Maybe someone <laughs> massage his feet. I
1: don't know. He's had not
0: maybe, maybe get him like a pack of peas for his face.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh.
0: So even though that the episode was mostly about Casey and Rip and their dynamic and the changing dynamic,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: can we start with
1: Monica? Yes, I think we should.
0: And the reason I I say that is because, like, this was one of the moments when, like, you talk about, like, that take a step back from the episode and why was this here. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like her introduction to her class and her soliloquy on Columbus and his landing in America. I'm not saying discovery of America because that's insensitive Mm. because there were people here. She is pushing the narrative very strongly. And I like what this show does with that. It reminds us that this is not a pretty picture. She talks about the power struggles within the context of history, but... It, 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 this this scene for me when she's talking in her class it gives a really nice parallel to the the current struggles the current power struggles that are going on with the Duttons you could argue that when she talks about Columbus having a very uh, European mentality stemming from like the oppressive and political religious structures from the Renaissance is still alive and well in how John operates yeah he operates with absolute power she mentions that about kings and priests operating with absolute power to the ruling masses who have none so you could like parallel that to his livestock commission his his interactions with the governor so far is that a fair do you think that's a fair assessment that i came that i came up with the power struggles yeah i think so i mean yeah i don't know if i was reading too deeply into it
1: no i don't know i just but you're right about the way that john is like the yellowstone conducts itself is like they are just maintaining their power trying to and i really like what she was saying to the student who's like you like don't get to have a say in this and like i have the power over you and the power like the ability to change the direction of someone's life like that's a that to me was a big statement her actions yes yeah um, and when you have no control over that. So it's like, yeah, that's huge. And um...
0: But then she also brings it back to, to Trent, the the student who mm-hmm. made some very rude, misogynistic comments in the beginning about her. There's very ominous forced sexual overtones in what she's saying to him. I, I took it as. She says to him, do you ever feel like that, Trent? Ever feel like making someone do what you want, whether they want to or not? And in a college context, I was taking that as a very mm-hmm. overtly sexual... Power situation. That was kind of where that all went for me. And it was like when I like when I reflected back on the episode, I said, oh, "This is she's talking about John without actually yeah. mentioning it." And that's the reason that it's here. But also, the show has a really good social conscience in making us think about these things as well. So I like the fact that they they're pursuing this history class from Columbus to Declaration of Independence with a Native American teacher. Yeah. So I like where this is going. It, it reminds us again that it's not a pretty picture and our past is not something that we can really run away from or change but we can at least understand it and hope that we do a better job going forward
1: well like we've said before Monica's always the voice that sees like what's really going on especially I feel like she really sees that with John and the Duttons and the Yellowstone like she sees the bigger picture and sees these people for sort of who they are and how they're behaving it's like she sees that in all areas too yeah she's like the window into the soul for a lot of this stuff I thought it was funny that she said she was nervous like terrified for her class yeah well she handled it really well i would i don't know that i would i would have been stumbling and uh but but she does get
0: an apology from the student which i thought was very mature of him and um in front of her boss too so that was pretty cool
1: and then i like what her boss said too about she because monica made a comment about him being like a lost mind or something and the boss is like well not yet There's room for people to learn and to change. And she's moving him on the right path. And, you know, the fact
0: that he was reflective enough to come and apologize, I thought was very good. I did too. Did you notice that as she's walking away after he tells her that there's more resources available to her, like the university being a city within a city?
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: um the group of kids that she sees and mm-hmm. one of them's wearing a t-shirt. Did you notice the t-shirt?
1: I did, but I didn't write down what it said. Oh, okay. So
0: it's it's the kind of stuff that I like, I'm a history geek, so I love it. And it was basically a group of students who were clearly meant to look native.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and the students wearing a t-shirt, that says fighting terrorism since fourteen ninety-two.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, she smiles at her good fortune, I think, in, in terms of like where she's landed. The conversation with the university president tells her that she's getting housing and she gets, you know, PT for her injury. So um, so she's she's feeling good about where she's at right now. Yeah. Which is a good, like... good place for her because she's really had, at what, 11 episodes so far? It's been rough for Monica. <laughs> like, right. I feel like this is the first time she's genuinely smiled
1: you know she it looks like she's trying to put together some pieces without Casey and so these resources are really good for her if that's what she's right. doing like, like the doors are opening for her, for her.
0: Yeah. yeah papa felix hmm I'm Irish Catholic. Like, that's how I was raised. I don't, I mean, I don't practice right now. But I was raised that way. So, like, we, we always joke around that the Irish Catholic guilt is strongest among the guilts out there. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> right? When he tells her that, you know, she's married to him in ceremony, not just in civil that um, their afterlife is intertwined as well and that she better figure this crap out otherwise she's going to be miserable forever. Forever.
1: <laughs> I was like, dang. I, was, I even wrote that I was like, wow, guilt much? <laughs> right? I know. That was... Uh, yeah, he's was not having this with her. A little he's, bit painful. I was like, damn, she didn't say much. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah, you're married in the afterlife.
0: I know a lot of people who would not be okay with that statement, but... <laughs>
1: Um so that's kind of all I
0: had on Monica. Did you have anything yes. else?
1: I think it was kind of convenient how she runs into John in the swimming pool during his physical therapy, oh, but Oh,
0: that was just all
1: I kind of liked that she didn't say anything to him and they did like I kind of liked that. It was just all
0: just shock and like oh my. It was like they'd never seen each other before the way that they yeah. were just all
1: so surprised. What's well, a lot of questions like, what are you doing in a swimming pool at this universe? Like, that's well, what are the so both random? of you doing
0: in a swimming pool at the same time, right? Right. You know, and obviously, it's a rehab swimming pool, not mm-hmm. just a town pool.
1: It was a good scene that. John was there and Casey was there and poor yeah. Tate oh my gosh I and mean, we didn't actually see him really he was just like his, the voice screaming
0: daddy daddy
1: he was like running across the pool to get to him I was like oh my gosh the look on Casey's face is like torn I'm like oh uh,
0: yeah I thought he was going to burst into tears like just standing there I know
1: well because Monica's in a pool with another man like holding on to yeah, her like <laughs> cradling her it was very very uncomfortable I thought I feel like that's he could have figured out that that was physical therapy Therapy, but because that's what his dad's there for. Because yeah, that's his, what his dad is his there mind for. But mom wasn't going there. Yeah. I mean, he's like got his arm around her. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you got to show them what they're missing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Maybe Casey needed to see that. Maybe he needed to see her in a like, mm hmm, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So that this way it's a good setup for them to start talking again, which they're going to mm-hmm. have to. Yeah gotta figure this out
1: you two crazy kids yeah well i mean john spent a
0: lot of this episode kind of coaching casey
1: yeah
0: really called him to the carpet on a couple of things with with monica really it was an uncomfortable well a lot of what john and casey go through for me is very uncomfortable um it's just like this I, i can feel how strained their relationship is and john is really trying to put himself out there i think in the wake of lee um lee's passing john's trying really hard to salvage the the two children that he's got any faith left in so when he's talking to casey about you know he hasn't he's really just baffled that casey hasn't mentioned monica or tate or why they're living apart he's trying to like bring casey forward and casey's really just stuck emotionally and he's just not able to move forward
1: like you said, there's just something about John and Casey that just feels uncomfortable. I'm still questioning John's sort of motives in this because hes he is, he's trying to like direct Casey into this, like where he wants him to go. And I just don't really feel like his intentions are necessarily for casey's good so it's like this whole episode i'm just questioning like is john really having a this sort of change of heart he said last time he needed to undo some things Mm -hmm. he needed to like then their drive home from the hospital they pull over they're talking about like trying to face the decisions they've made and and like change things around and figure out how to start living again and i'm like okay so hmm Maybe you're, like, sort of seeing this, like, as a new beginning or a new time to reevaluate things. But even throughout this whole episode, John sort of directing Casey and pulling Rip back so that Casey can go forward. And it's still, I mean, it's still just that Casey's sort of the only option he has for the ranch. I mean, is yeah. it really, he wants that, is that the best for Casey and he wants that? Or is this the best for him and the ranch and he's trying to manipulate that? Like, I just... It doesn't sit well with me, this whole thing with John. And I'd like to think that he sincerely cares about his son and asking him, like, why don't you fight for her? Like, you need a plan. Go. But I kind of don't believe it. Like, I, don't I know. think
0: you're no. right on both counts. I believe that in the sense that he doesn't necessarily know if this is the right path for Casey, but he doesn't have an option.
1: Yeah. Because Lee is
0: no longer in the picture. So he's he's investing in his last best hope.
1: But it feels like Casey's there out of, like, nowhere else to go, right? Right. So oh, it's desperation was, on his
0: part. Sure. Yeah.
1: He was there. He was with Monica and Tate and living that life. And he was happy doing whatever Monica wanted to do. And now it's just him. So he's like, well, I mean, this is what I got. So, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel
0: right. No, it doesn't. And John's trying hard to, to bring Casey forward because he sees, like, when they're in the field and they have the conversation about, you know, John having an insight into Casey's psyche and Casey's just like, oh yeah, let's hear what you have to say. Basically, John to me is saying that Casey hasn't moved forward at all from anything, that he's emotionally stunted. He's trying hard to bring Casey forward not just for Casey's own benefit, it's also mm-hmm. to benefit him. So yeah. it's it's like a double-edged sword. So it's, it's like he wants, he's, he I genuinely feel, I genuinely feel that he's concerned about Casey, <laughs> but I don't necessarily think that what he's doing is necessarily all for Casey like he's basically yeah. using this as an end to justify needs
1: yes I feel there's a lot of manipulation with John just always like maybe his deepest desire is that this is his legacy to give to his kids and he wants them to have this amazing life but he does it in such just nasty ways Manipulative ways. Yeah. And just, I don't right. know <laughs> It just feels off So this whole episode With the The way John orchestrated This whole thing With Casey and Rip And then I don't know I felt he was genuine In the moment That he was like What's up with Monica Like why don't you talk about her What's going on with Tate Like you need to care You need to find a way to I forget the word he used But he was I'm just saying You have to like Find a way to put your To be honest with yourself Yeah is he, what he, he, he says that.
0: He, that he needs to be honest And fair with himself
1: Yeah. So it's like.
0: That I I felt was the most genuine.
1: I did too. I felt that was a genuine conversation. But especially with the way he was manipulating Rip and Casey into this whole like showing off for the bunkhouse and establishing dominant that part i'm like come on man like
0: <sighs> oh right and saying oh this needs to happen don't don't yeah, dare like you dare just... stop, like step in to stop it
1: yeah i want to i want to get into all that too but it's like the way he was manipulating that situation every time i see john and casey i still just like
0: mm. yeah it's a little cringe inducing because yeah, it's, it is it's not a normal relationship by any stretch of the you know imagination
1: I did feel that there was a little bit of this whole, like I survived like a car crash and now I'm going to, you know, like
0: a, a near death experience, a and near death change.
1: experience. Like I felt like he does feel that a little bit and he is sort of seeing like, okay, now what am I going to do differently? But I don't feel like he's different. No, not at all. Maybe his plan is changing, but uh, he's not different.
0: And if anything, he's more motivated to stir up trouble. I think he feels like he's fixing trouble, but uh, fixing it. But I think he's just stirring up more trouble than than anything else. There's this very unclear leadership dynamic now that with Casey returning that you alluded to that has to be resolved. And it just this this is the part that I was just like John, what are you doing? Um, A couple of things. So he had Casey in the office, so he's basically drafting him into the Livestock Commission. Is that what you got from this? He handed him some sort of badge, so I just assumed that was, like, the commission. Yeah, and then basically saying, like, when am I going to get training? And and so he's going along with this, because also John's been forced to, like, resign, right? Yeah. I guess. I mean, he said he wasn't going to. No, he said he wasn't going to, but I guess the ruptured ulcer maybe changed his mind a bit. Yeah, I do have one comment about the hospital. I just thought it was hilarious (laughs) that, A, it was the same doctor from when Monica was in surgery last season. And the fact that they have a familiar relationship, the doctor and John the communication board I work for a what? hospital system so there's a oh, communication I... board in the room and uh-huh. I zoomed in on this you to did. see I did because you know I'm a geek for details so I appreciate the fact that it listed like his doctor's name and his nurse's name his respiratory therapist what his daily goals were his diet was as tolerated it was very legit
1: oh that's funny did he have the like pain scale it thing? had his pain scale uh-huh. it had yeah that he was about like a, between a four and five that's funny I didn't notice that
0: yeah like that's that's the kind of stuff that I'm like you're going to make or break me in terms of like your authenticity if -hmm. you get stuff like that right
1: exactly so I
0: appreciated that
1: I always wonder about, side note, I always wonder about that kind of stuff like in Grey's Anatomy or all those shows. It's like you'll find these like videos where nurses or doctors are commenting like, that's not how it works.
0: Like, oh, God. I remember when ER came out like all those years ago. My mom's a nurse and she's an OR nurse. So she was watching them scrub for something and she's just like, I can't watch this. I can't watch it. She goes, they're going like, down there. The arm. Patient. She goes, they scrubbed all the way down to their elbow, which is great. And then she goes, and then they travel back up. Yeah, she goes so great. So now, whatever you cleaned all the way down, now you're bringing the germs back up. I was like, well, what's the right scrub technique? And she's like, you have to start at the top and scrub all the way around, and just keep moving down, and like basically like concentric yeah, circles all the up, way okay. down. It's like,
1: oh, funny. okay.
0: So she's like, yep, yeah, can't watch this. <laughs> so I think that's where like a lot of my sort of like attention to detail kind of comes from.
1: Well, I'm glad they got it right for you, Sheila. Because
0: so then otherwise it would be like,
1: damn it, why couldn't they just get, get to
0: put down a paint scale? How hard is this to circle a four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also has Casey sign some documents and he says, we'll have Beth fill them out later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I took this a certain way. Let me hear how you took it. That's fishy. The fallout from Jamie is basically where I, I kind of got that from. And he said, having Beth take care of it. Made me feel that it had something to do with the estate, the trust. Yeah, signing the will or something. But it was just—it was slid under so neatly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, here, just sign these, and we'll have Beth fill them out later.
1: It's Um, like, was he off the document before, like a few months ago, and now he's like that? Right? Like, is he being added
0: back in? Is he? You know, it was just a lot of unanswered questions just
1: in that like ten seconds. I was like. And here's a badge and sign this. And like, now you're back. And now you're going to get training. Again, this is like the whole branding him thing. Like, that seems like Like I'm not saying that you should do it. But I'm saying like, this seems like a more legitimate, like you're bringing him back. He's sort of trying to get back on your good graces. Like now he's back on the plan to take over the ranch. Like, I don't know.
0: Right. And, like, where does this leave Casey? Like, so he's not able to make up his own mind or his own destiny right now. He's just destitute and yeah, has I mean, to live in his father's house and, and, in very short order, kick Rip out of his own house um, in order to be, the like, the bunkhouse
1: foreman, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, what does that say about Casey's ability to cope with things and
1: deal with things? He just, like... I mean, this, this just feels like his only option like his last resort like i guess i'm gonna do what my dad wants me to do now
0: but it's also like this self-fulfilling prophecy like monica was blaming all their problems on the fact that john was back in their lives and and now he's hook line and sinker in that world yep it just makes me wonder about like where casey's
1: well if monica's out she's like peace out i'm not doing this then what like why wouldn't he just go along with it then because he was fighting it for her you know
0: but i mean like if if she's left him and he's not going to try to fight for her like He's cocooning himself into this new life, I feel. And he's not even dealing with the fact that he has this other life that's out there. And Beth is the only one who really kind of calls him to the carpet on it. Basically, this whole episode leads itself to this this leadership vacuum that exists Mm -hmm. now in the bunkhouse. It's unclear for the Wranglers who their leader is. Casey's living in the house with them. But he's clearly moving up in the ranks based on how John is treating him. But yet, bu- like, Rip is still, like, the bunkhouse foreman. He lives in the house.
1: Yeah, well, because he had Cowboy go to Casey to get a job. Like, yeah, it's confusing. And then Walker
0: leaving is, you know, John and Casey stop him, and they tell him that they're running the outfit. Yeah. Because Walker's like, I don't know who's really running things. Like, you say one thing, and then this dude's doing something different. And, yeah, you know, he's like, I'm here just to work. Like,
1: I don't need trouble. I like, I'm on parole, man. <laughs> I'm on parole. But yeah, I mean this is it's needs to happen, but it's just this whole I hated this part. I know. The fact that John is so easily just like, okay, Rip, like you're you're out because Casey's my son. Like
0: Like you're uh... yesterday's news and like, you know, the younger version, like two is here. Yeah. And you have to move out. And and Rip doesn't even say a word, but his face i know
1: i mean what's he gonna do
0: well yeah i mean he can't really say no he understands yeah but at the same time like he's just he's the only one and john even says it like you're the only one i can depend on you're the reliable one and you're the only one who doesn't stand to benefit when i die yeah so what does that even say about john's like thought about his own kids
1: it's just frustrating because it's like almost like treat Rip better than you treat your kids because he's the one who's been there and been like, this guy's been here since he was like 13. This And then also Rip is like who John made him into. And then for John to just so easily, like, manipulate that situation and use Rip to sort of manipulate the situation into what he wants for Casey. Like, it's just frustrating.
0: Yeah. And he just literally kicks Rip over to the curb. Yeah.
1: Like, I need you to do this. And sorry. This
0: is like the ick factor for me. John does this to Rip knowing full well that the man ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Because he has nowhere else to go. He doesn't really have a, let's put it this way, like he doesn't have a formal presence in the world. Right. Right? Like he's, he's lived on this ranch from the time that he was 14, 13, whatever it is. I doubt he has a social security number. I doubt he has, mm-hmm. like all of these things, that, like the infrastructure for life that you ha- I just don't feel that Rip has them. Right. There was no like formal adoption. I don't even know if, there's a whole lot that we don't know about Rip. And he can't go anywhere. He's done. He's, he's going to yeah. live and die at this ranch and he makes that that comment to Lloyd yes oh my gosh you know that we can stay here and get rusty but we're just tools to them Yeah. he understands his place but at the same time it hurts
1: the look on his face I'm like damn so okay so with this whole like John's telling Casey like to take over and then sort of show them who's boss and like this needs to come to a head and he told Casey like it's better just to get it over with now and then he's telling Rip, like, I need you to do this for me. I need to. I need you to let Casey, like, take over. Yeah, like, take a dive for Casey. So, like, when they, uh, this all comes to a head, and Rip and Casey are, like, literally beating the crap out of each other. In front of everyone. It feels like they both know that, like, like, does Rip just say at the end, it felt like he said, like, just do it already. Like, hit me hard enough to, like, make it look like you won. Right. Like... It all, rip didn't actually lose that fight he just let him win so, i don't know there was
0: one point where he was literally staggering yeah i was just like Ew.
1: i was wondering so that was my question like did he actually lose the fight i don't think so i think I don't think so
0: because it just looked i mean my notes were like this was a vicious takedown
1: yeah
0: um they're they both bloody within seconds and i mean like rip was staggering at one point and like he <sighs> and he terrible. fell down like after the next punch like he was he was concussed. I'll say- <laughs> I will say, like, I don't give a medical diagnosis. He had a concussion. But I, I also just found it funny that Ryan kind of, like, looked over at John at one point. Well, first of all, he looked at Colby. like, uh, whose side, are, like, we Who taking side are we going to be on? <laughs> and then John's like, no, you need to let this happen. Like, don't yeah. break it up.
1: It's just orchestrated, and, it- and it's
0: annoying. Yeah, it- so it's like a wrestling match where, like, it's staged. Staged. But yeah. they literally beat the snot out of each other.
1: Yeah, and then it's like at the end, John's kind of like, "Thanks, like good job, like, like good okay, job, Rip. You thanks. made him earn it, so yeah. good. Good Made him earn. It.
0: That's what he said." And I was just like, "Yeah,
1: like Ugh, so icky." But I'm like, seriously, it's 2019.
0: Like, we can't just have a memo. It has <laughs> <laughs> a memo. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh like, I, mean, I don't he, think it was a fight for superiority and dominance I mean come on my sort of question I wrote down was like male ego question mark Like, does yeah. this is this what needs to happen for like all of these dudes just to be like okay he's the boss like it can't be, just be a memo like does this how it really has to go down
0: yeah I mean like they couldn't have just said like on horseback like okay the guy sitting on the horse there you know the, the revolving bunkhouse <laughs> bunk basically right? the bunkhouse foreman today is Casey and you're gonna just take orders from him it i don't understand why it had to be like this knockdown drag out fight I mean, it makes for great television oh yeah but just in the the grander sort of like <laughs> emotional intelligence like are we really there yeah. <laughs> sometimes it
1: has to go there i guess
0: but now like john turns to rip and is like now i need you to like be dependable to casey mm-hmm. and rips like is he the dependable kind
1: i mean, just, i liked that rip said that like because he doesn't speak up for himself a
0: lot. He doesn't convey what's on his mind except through his face. The fact that he said that, I was just like, well, good for you.
1: I agree. I, I was glad that he said that. It was really harsh for him to say, like, can you even depend on him? And, and when he said about Jamie, like, well, he's yeah. your son, too. Look what happened there. Like, I was kind of like, wow, damn. But good for you for saying something, at least just a little bit of self-pride. Just to be like, well you know you can depend on me but what about these other yahoos Mm -hmm. it is sort of like casey's just sort of going along with like well this is my only option and then it's heartbreaking to watch rip just sort of be cast aside after everything he is and does for this ranch it's just hard to watch. and so
0: far like we're 11 episodes into this show right he's done more yeah than anybody else combined he moved the river he, took he, moved of, <laughs> he moved the river. He was the one who spearheaded that. And he moved it correctly enough to, you know, stop Dan Jenkins in his tracks. He took care of the medical examiner that protected Casey, right? That whole activity. Yeah, he's he's literally done the lion's share of, of everything that, you know, John has needed to keep his empire safe. Yep. His oppressive power. And this is how he's rewarded. Not only did we have the whole rip Casey saga we also had the whole rip walker saga <laughs> playing itself out in a very male primeval kind of a way as well this is what you know we were joking about earlier at the beginning where we were talking about like sort of the start of the episode like what a day rip has had like him and walker have
1: <laughs> they've gone round and round, come
0: to blows not once but twice Oh Gosh, Damn. we've we've talked a lot about Walker, especially in season one. And if you've been with us since then, you know that we're talking about like the conscience of the show. So Monica's a big conscience, and Walker is a big conscience of yes. the like
1: what's really going on here. Yeah,
0: like the underbelly of the the ranch and how they they literally do things in a way that he's never seen before between the branding and the activities that he's been asked to be a part of, including beating the crap out of people coming out of a bar and branding other
1: people and it's just it's just it's
0: not pleasant and he's he's he's
1: bad enough well I was kind of surprised to see Walker still hanging around after the bar fight because I mean Rip was threatening him there like yeah you're gonna deal with this like not being a part of us but there he is building fences so i was kind of surprised to see he survived that ordeal just initially (laughs) i mean yeah rip is is pretty like livid with him and anything he does and says is not gonna go well for these two but i i love the fact that walker made that comment about the farmer's daughter I was like, dang, he got some balls. Right. So
0: he's not in the interest of making peace. He's into the no. interest of stoking the fire. Kind of sets Rip over the edge. But Walker, also, I feel like is much in the boat like KC. Hey, I feel like he's not in a position physically, mentally, emotionally, parole y uh, <laughs> to um, change his circumstances. He feels kind of stuck and he is kind of stuck. He's limited to Montana based on the parole. Settings, maybe what Rip says is true. Maybe he doesn't have the chops to make it on other ranches.
1: Well, I mean, and he's been told by several people he can't leave. And he's got a
0: brand, and Rip has threatened to take it back, whatever that means. They beat the snot out of each other. and uh
1: I mean, Rip whips him in the face with barbed wire. It's like, dang. Rip,
0: I feel, is just reactionary, and any anybody in the bunkhouse would have set him off, but there's a particular hatred for Walker yes. that he feels, and I feel that the fact that Walker kind of stepped up to him made Rip snap on several <laughs> levels. The, so Walker broke ranks. Is that correct? He broke ranks yeah. and kind of, like, took off into the, the forest, and Rip gave chase. What was Rip going to do to Walker? Do you feel I mean,
1: like... I thought I was going to kill him. Like do you I think... thought so, too.
0: Yeah. Because he was charging the horse. Walker was down on the ground. Like, he knocked... How savagely he knocked Walker off the horse, like, forcing him into the tree. Uh, yeah. Like, there were ribs broken there. I, I am like, certain about that. And then he came back to charge. And, like, you know, Casey on the night in shining armor kind of stopped it and set into motion their own...
1: Yeah, their fight. Their but... own
0: fight. Like, yeah, because Rip has said, you know, you like, you're a dead man. This is it. Like, it's of not course. good.
1: It's, he wasn't. He wasn't playing around. I thought he was going to kill him.
0: There's been a building of tension in this episode with Rip, and this was the snap moment. Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, I felt like Walker was not really going to make it out of that, and then Casey stepped in. But now they have to live in the bunkhouse together.
0: Right. Like <laughs> as if Walker's day couldn't get any worse, and now Rip has Our to Rip's live day there get any next worse. to him, and you know, Rip is you He's know, like, sending so. dagger eyes at him. Emotional episode, I think, on on a lot of fronts.
1: Yeah, like you said, Rip's had quite the day. Quite a day. Quite a day. I like that Walker sort of stoked the fire. That was fun to watch. And I was like, Oh, that's that's, yeah, that's a not mistake. End well for you, friend. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work out for you, man. Did you notice they uh, they played one of his songs in this episode?
0: I watched everything with closed captions, so yeah, mm-hmm. it, it came up and it said like the song title and it was by Ryan Bingham. I was like, Oh, yes,
1: I love it. I love that they do that. So
0: we are putting together a Spotify playlist. So we're going to figure out how to make it shareable between the two of us, so that we can add to it and change it up
1: message us if you need us to add a song yeah but yeah i noticed that they played his song
0: (laughs) yeah i like how they they do that kind of cross-pollination to support you know the the artists that are relevant to the show and then the fact that they also have him playing and singing on the show is just always a welcome
1: yeah addition to me i didn't
0: realize that he won an oscar he did he did for crazy heart back in like 2010 i think yeah like that clint eastwood movie so in, in doing some cool. research for the, the playlist stuff I, yeah. I came across this like he's
1: an Oscar winner Go for you Ryan Bingham that's, that's amazing yeah I'm just all about his Instagram page yes <laughs> constantly there mm-hmm. <laughs> well a couple of bunkhouse boys are so funny Lloyd in this episode too was really great I was surprised so he like pulled a gun on Walker did you notice that
0: I did I was like damn like well <laughs> you know Walker didn't know that he needed to bring a
1: gun not a knife <laughs> right and then I like what you know, like you said earlier, he had that whole conversation with Rip. Like, what is going on? Right. You know, Rip's like, oh, they're just showing us where our place is. So Lloyd, I like that seeing him. And then uh, the best part though was Jimmy calling Colby's mama Cougar. Oh my
0: god, that was funny. hilarious! So first of all, he like, didn't know the difference between the mascots, like, right? so yeah. he's getting confused between a bobcat and a wildcat. And a then cougar
1: and a wildcat or whatever right. it was. And and it's then, like... Well, then he turns and he goes, does that make Colby's
0: mom a cougar? And it was just so perfectly <laughs> delivered. And, like, Jimmy's really been such an outcast. Yeah. And this was, like, one of these moments where I felt like he was finally, like, being included.
1: Yeah, like, one of the guys. But even though, so like, they funny. were about to, you know, pummel him. Well, Colby <laughs> so was, anyway.
0: Funny. Everyone else thought it was really funny.
1: Yeah.
0: But that's the moment where Rip walks in and it's just like...
1: Okay. <laughs> Rip's like what? I guess. I guess we. Well, have that's like yeah. Rip walking in like shut everybody up. Yeah, they were like laughing and joking, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh damn! Like, like what's he doing here?
0: Now we're just gonna watch the game in silence.
1: But you know, I told you there's like a Facebook fan page about Yellowstone, and they have interviews with all these bunkhouse boys, mm-hmm. and they're so fun to watch because these guys are hilarious.
0: I think Ryan and Colby like they're yes. they're the actors who play them. They have such a good camaraderie, and they do a bunch of these. Like if you search on Facebook on the fan page...
1: But that's what they were saying, is that this sort of... That dynamic of, like, Jimmy calling... Uh, Colby's Mama Cougar. Colby's Mama Cougar, that's, like, how it was on how the set. Comes about. Okay. And then that sort of trickled into the script. Like, they started adding those types of things into the script because of the way they really were on the set. So that those are fun to watch on Facebook. The
0: It definitely makes it a richer them. experience for me, yeah. having, like, the dynamic between these these guys who literally spend 24-7 together. Yeah. Like, they live in a dorm, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they work really hard, <laughs> yeah. unlike college kids. It's a very funny dynamic, and I, I like the fact that they include these. It's the, the comic relief for a lot
1: of what we see. It definitely is necessary, I think, just for the show to have that little bit of comedy, a little bit of regular guys hanging out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we need to talk about Beth's role in this because I liked that she saw what was happening with Casey and Rip as like what it really was and (laughs) although I think her conversation with Casey like her going to him mm-hmm. and basically telling him to leave like you this is not for you like he's gonna right. turn you into Rip he's gonna turn you into like what you don't want to be like you just need to go get your wife and your kid back like go like get out of here like I you swear don't to belong you long here she's it's- like I'll give you the ranch like when he's gone you can have yeah. whatever the hell you want I felt like that was mostly motivated by her actual feelings for Rip mm-hmm. not for Casey uh-huh I agree with that because she corrects
0: Casey since thinking that Rip is a bully. She says, no, he's not. And he's literally the product of what John turned him into. As a warning to Casey, like, that is your future if you don't leave now. Like, you will be turned into whatever he molds you into the same way that Rip has been.
1: The look on Casey's face, too, was kind of uh, emotional because he's just like, I, in my head, I'd be thinking, like, well, what am I supposed to do with that information? Like, here I am. Like, where am I supposed to, what else am I supposed to go do? I got do? nowhere else to go. Yeah. So it's like kind of unfair for her to say that because what else is Casey's option? What else can he go do? But she's not wrong too. But I think that was purely motivated by Rip being kicked out and like demoted Mm -hmm. and her just being like, that's not fair. Right. Like, I don't know that she really cares about Casey all that much. (laughs) But then I
0: don't understand why she wouldn't have to rip the way that she did
1: okay, yes, like, what, why is she always like that? It's like she goes to him to, like, kind of comfort him, but then she, like, kicks him when he's down, man. Yes,
0: like, she, <laughs> she goes there in, like, this this sense that she's, you know, going to give an olive branch or, you know, say, you know, come and stay with me for what, whatever, whatever she was going to do, like, in the normal sense of how a human would react to somebody that you obviously care a lot about. Yeah. She reminds him that John doesn't love him more or any uh, basically at all Uh, right that's so weird (laughs) it was just but i mean she was like being very poetic like it was building up to this beautiful moment where she said like when he first came here that he was so wild and so angry she was jealous of the relationship that rip and john had and then she just cuts him off at the knees it was it was so uncalled for and it just it reminds me that she's she's really after power To me, like, I feel like that's where her dynamic really is. And whatever she can do to maintain power is what she's going to do. Like, I feel like that's her motivator. I just don't
1: understand why she needs power over Rip. Like, I feel like whatever they've grew up together and... Like, the obvious history that's Having sex or whatever they're doing, like, whatever they used to do, it's... But, like, that's sort of insignificant to Beth. So, like, why does she have to have that, like, dig at him, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like it might stem from their whole... Like, the whole situation with their mother and just feeling unloved i don't know i don't know why she has to be so vicious to everybody
1: she literally said he doesn't love you more than me like the what why would you say that yeah but
0: you know then rip reminds her that he's got nowhere else to go so he's just gonna take it
1: okay now i'm sad i know all
0: right so the only other thing with beth (laughs) is that she's basically put into operation uh plan build a moat around the around the yellowstone she's just very Beth and very aggressive
1: i like how bob just like sits back and sort of like chuckles at her he's yeah like, oh, he's God. just like, he's like rolling his eyes like oh she's just
0: laughing oh. at his like pit bulls antics and, uh, <laughs> allows her to to run on the leash a little bit she's a scary spice i did like how she was able to button up a nine million dollar sale in 45 seconds right and like as she's as he's the the seller naming the nine million dollar price, Bob's like, "Oh, that's my cue." And he's, like writing down, write a check. A check. writes a check for nine million dollars. So now I had a question. So does uh-huh. that that action that they did it slams the door shut on the waxed asshole real estate um, commission right?
1: <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. That's what uh, she said. I didn't yeah, that my I own. mean, if there's if there's no real estate agent contractually. Working with that seller, then they don't get paid. Yeah. He don't, he, so, that guy does not get a commission on that. Right. So it's like about a 6% commission,
0: right? About mm-hmm. what realtors get. So that's like $540,000. Yep. Yeah. That's motivation. Like, I'm going to tuck that in the back of my head. Because there's another enemy now for the Yellowstone. Because <laughs> when this yeah. guy, you know, because he's going to need to get a spray tan again. And when he's like low on <laughs>
1: cash, he's going to be like, hmm, his teeth whitening is yeah, going to come around whitening. again. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, that's a lot of cash.
0: So, you know, he's, gonna, <laughs> he's got another wax appointment coming oh, up. Oh, you know. dear God.
1: I'm, like, getting a visual of that right now. Like, thank yeah, you I know. For that. That. Thank you, Sheila. Sorry. Thank you.
0: Um, but he was so slimy. And um, I, I'm. she's not wrong in her assessment like this. She said that she hates real estate agents. I also...
1: <gasps> How rude. That kind Don't of real estate agent.
0: <laughs> because... No, well, I know a lot of people who are real estate agents. But, like having to deal with one who's like that. Mm -hmm. He reminds me more of a car salesman. The reason I say that is because my lease on my car is up next month and I am dreading having to go back. I hate dealing with car salesmen because that's, that's more what he felt like to me. Like that type of a slimy person who, you know, is just in it for the cash. My cousin's a real estate agent and she she's changed like the thought of realtors in my mind. Like she's just like always so excited. She puts on her Facebook page, like when anyone buys a new home and, and it's yeah, just it's she's very happy sweet. for them. Yeah, yeah. She's like amazing. So like like that's in my mind like what a realtor should be, not the white capped spray tanned guy who's sitting in Beth's office. So um but yeah, five hundred and forty thousand dollar commission on nine million dollars is a, a lot yeah. of cash that he just he missed out on. he duped himself out of because he was greedy and she called him on Like, good for her for calling him on it, but she's really disgusted with him.
1: Oh, she, she like tears down that like illusion of the pelican ranch, like, that was a decoy. There's no freaking pelicans. I'm like, no pelicans in Montana. You, you moved here from Florida. Like, hello, <laughs> that was so funny. I felt bad for him, but
0: he did get nine million dollars out of it, so I really didn't feel that bad for him. Some notable absences this episode. Like everybody else, <laughs> like all the pe- all the protagonists who are going to like set. In- like I have no idea who's trying to steal the ranch. So Beth has put Operation, you know, build a moat into operation. There's no Jamie. There's mm-hmm. no Dan uh, Dan Jenkins, and there's no rainwater. Who's after the ranch? Yeah. Like, what is she doing this for? If they're not, you know, plotting their evil schemes behind closed doors. And where is this article? That this big exactly. bomb Exactly. Okay,
1: that was a huge cliffhanger on season one. Like dun, and now, dun, dun, now dun. we're up to season now we're up to season two, episode three, and there's been and there's nothing. Nothing. Like why is Jamie still alive? No, it's like what is happening? I need more. I need yeah. my plot line back, please. Um, I know. I just thought the same thing. Like where is everybody? Like what is happening? Like when's the election? Is that coming up? Yeah. Like, I mean,
0: like it's. <laughs> Got to be getting to be close to wintertime in
1: Montana. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's, where's creepy Christina? Where? Oh, right. I
0: forgot Bubble Butt, right? Yeah. is <laughs> was what Beth, Beth called her last time out. <laughs>
1: I haven't watched episode three yet nope, me as of today. So like I need, I'm ready. I need some answers. Yeah. Like let's get this show on the road. I want to see, I mean, I don't want to see, but I want to see what happens with the freaking article. Yeah, I know. I need to know what's happening Ugh. with the article.
0: I need to know like, you know, what dastardly plan that Rainwater and Jenkins are going <laughs> to you know, come up with.
1: I love your vocabulary. My
0: vocabulary. Oh, God, no. It's old-timey. <laughs> like, dastardly I say, like, dastardly, like, in the image that conjures up in my mind is, like, you know, the wire-thin mustache and the guy, like, twirling mm-hmm. the wax at the end.
1: Oh, you know the guy from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the, like, evil guy who steals the children? Mm-hmm. That
0: guy. Yes, yes. That's a dastardly dude. Yeah, he's scary. But uh, yeah. nefarious is another good word that I use a lot when yeah. it comes to like these like dastardly nefarious plans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: need a vocabulary lesson of the day please
0: we'll give you your yellowstone word of the day what's, mm-hmm. what's the yellowstone word of the day
1: manipulate I mean, <laughs> you said waxed asshole like four times so that one's sticking <laughs> in my head and it's like kind of there f- for the day so thank you
0: uh, and it's just it's such a gross image <laughs> it's so terrible
1: oh my god and now we're gonna that.
0: leave you with that image as well <laughs>
1: Just think about that for the rest of the day. Think about a guy. No, I'm just
0: kidding. No, please don't. Ah,
1: well, that's where you have my head. Oh, Sheila.
0: I'm curious to see what happens with Jamie, with Rainwater, with Dan. Like, I feel like, again, for an episode that didn't do a lot,
1: we sure talked a lot about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We've been talking for a while. But so,
0: I just don't know in terms of the season, in terms of the larger plot line, where we're at.
1: Um, it's like some of these episodes are so jam packed with so much information, and then some of them are just jam packed with like cowboys chasing right. things in helicopters. So it's like it's always a lot, but then sometimes it's not. Maybe since we're next episode is th- number three, like we might have quite a bit of information on our hands next
0: time. I hope so because I do too, actually. There's but, only 10 episodes, so there's going to have to be then a lot that happens in a very short amount of time, like, um, which. It's kind of like par for the course. I mean, like, if we think back to, like, season one, the cattle yeah. battle happened in the first episode, but the first yes. episode is two hours long. There's a lot that still needs to happen. We need to get more resolution on the Casey-Monica dynamic now that they've seen each other again. I feel like it's going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> Just based on Casey's emotional availability. because there's,
1: like, a dude with his arm wrapped around her. Yeah. <laughs> like, whether or not he's... Her
0: physical therapist, quote yeah. unquote.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, there's just, and there's a whole, like, Beth Power dynamic that is just, I, I just don't understand her motivations. Like, she hates the place so much, and she's obviously saying it so much. What is the why love a man who your father created? Why stay? Why uproot yourself and, and make roots now in Bozeman with your new office and your... your build a moat plan i just don't understand her dynamic so I'm, i'm sticking with she's after power whatever way or shape it makes sense to her
1: i think there's that sense of just family obligation i mean that's probably like the main reason she's there but she's trying to do all these other things to like you said to gain the power like while she's there she's helping her dad or whatever like she might as well just do her thing too right Make grown men cry. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, how? What's her tear count for today? (laughs) What's her body count?
0: Oh my goodness. but I'm, I'm excited to see because I feel like it's going to pick up real quick like I feel like they need yes. to do a lot of this here to get us reinvested in where these characters are that's the pass I'm going to give this episode is that it did rich in my understanding of you know the, the bunkhouse dynamics really kind of getting more of a window into the soul of John um, and his true motivations It's he's really after his legacy well, I'm excited I'm excited too <laughs> So before we sign off, as always, we're going to ask if you head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. And if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, five stars are always greatly appreciated. And if you want, you can leave us a comment. We're going to try to be a little more interactive with that. If you want to leave us a comment or a question, you can definitely try to answer those as we, as we can.
1: Thanks for listening. This is Steph. And this
0: is Sheila.